lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, the killing the wives, the killing the husbands, the killing the children, murder, suicide, familicide, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, how does lust become lies? That turn the murder from love, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, the killing the husbands, the killing the wives, the killing the children, murder, suicide, familiar side, lust, lies, murder, murder, 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 lust, lies, it's a murder, it's a murder. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast. Welcome to the Purple Pill Perspective. Guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Saturday, March 5th, 2022. It is very beautiful outside. It's going to be a subpar beautiful weekend. Um, Hopefully, you guys are enjoying some good weather where you are. If not, hopefully you are at least going to have a great weekend. So without further ado, let's get right into our story today. Um, On October 16th, 2002, Omira Soboru takes out the restraining order on Officer Julio Reyes for harassment. Um, Earlier in August, uh, there was a domestic violence uh, situation between the two of them where Officer Reyes was harassing Omira and actually slapped her, but she didn't report this incident. So as the abuse continued all the way up until October, she finally decided to go to the police precinct and put out a restraining order against Julio for his behavior towards her. A couple of weeks later, on October 25th, Soboro goes to the police station and has the restraining order taken away. But this was not, this was not enough as the restraining order put out against Julio was enough for him to have his service weapon taken away and they removed him from his duties. Months go by as prosecutors, eternal affairs, and the police station decide whether or not it's okay if Julio has his service weapon returned to him and has his job returned to him as well. 
So they get with Almira and they ask her, is she okay with him having his job back? And is she okay with him having his gun returned to him as well as his job, which makes sense if he gets his job. He's, of course, going to get his gun back. Omira says that she's okay with him having his job back, and she's okay if he has his gun back because he doesn't present a serious threat to her. So she's okay if he has his gun returned, and she's okay with him having his job. Apparently, two weeks went by from the, the incident. They probably got back together, you know, made up. And then she felt okay now, felt safe. He probably made her, you know, talked her into uh, saying it's okay. He's not a threat to her. Many different things could have been going on here. It's no telling what could have actually happened. But still her confession that give him his job back and to give him his service weapon back still wasn't enough for him to get his job back because there's still some things that needed to go on before they can just give him his job back. He had to go seek counseling. Um, they had to speak with a lawyer. They had, to, they had to have a lawyer get involved. And they had to look into the case of the domestic violence because anytime an officer is charged with domestic violence, that officer automatically loses his job. I'm in a security field and it happens with us too. If you're a security officer and you get charged with domestic violence, you automatically lose your job. You don't get to keep your job. Your job is done. They take your gun from you because they don't want liability on them as the company. No, never mind the fact many of those officers, those guns don't belong to them. They're just they just have those guns as they work there. So they don't want their gun used in a situation. And then, you know, it comes back on the police department. So in order for Officer Reyes to get his job back, he has to seek counseling. So they put him in contact with a, um, a psychologist who does an evaluation on Officer Reyes. Um, she puts in her notes, and I'm going to share um, some of this stuff with you guys. You should be seeing it on the screen right now. She puts in her notes that Officer Reyes did not seem to have any type of mental conditions. He didn't seem to have anything that she would call um, something that was enough to consider him to be a menace to society or a menace to anyone. But she did notate, which I'm going to show you guys right now, that had he gotten into a situation that caused him to get into a fit of rage, they might want to take that into consideration and not put him back into duty because of this, because he did show signs of anxiety when it came to having personal relationships. So... The, the psychologist wanted them to take into the effect that if something was to go on in the future between Reyes and uh, Soberu, that Reyes would not present the behavior of a calm individual. He would become very anxious, very angry, very upset. And they're not, and she don't know what can happen from there, but doesn't see anything else 
to say he can't have his job back, which guys, to me, that sounds like a contradiction. Um, I don't know if you guys know or not, and I'll put my credentials up here as well so you guys don't think that I'm baiting you or capping. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and behavioral analysis. And from what I'm saying to you guys so far, that's enough for me to go along to say that they may want to consider him not being given his job back until he has an extensive period of um, of therapy. I mean, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe two years, you know, maybe longer and never going back into the police field because that service weapon on him gives him automatic, um, what's the word I'm looking for, guys? It's slipping me. Gives him an automatic uh, tool, if you want to say, to go to if he it feels as though he wants to act out in a violent way. So we fast forward to about December 15th of 2002. Officer Riaz has granted his job back. And, and now he had been going to therapy um, for some time. And they requested that he go to his supervising officer and he let them know every time he goes to therapy and he writes down when he's been there and how the session went. So, I mean, coming into 2003, Officer Riaz had been doing good, you know. There were no incidents, nothing had been happening, and he had been going to his therapy sessions frequently. He was he was attending them sessions frequently, so there was no discrepancies in his attendance of the therapy sessions. So now we fast forward to March third, two thousand and three. Omira is at the precinct again filing a harassment suit against Officer Reyes. Now, I spoke with the lawyer who defended the uh, Sobero family in a wrongful death suit, which was put out because the family feels as though Officer Reyes should not have been given his job back under the conditions that he presented in August of 2002 and October of 2002, but yet he was still giving back his job and still giving back his weapon after he was found to be uh, in somewhat of a, a fit of rage or somewhat of a nervous, how you want to say, a nervous type of way of being because of a loss of a person he's in a relationship with or anything of that nature that came about that made him get upset. So if he ever lost a girlfriend, lost a wife, lost uh, someone of that nature, he would become pissed. So now the family is wondering how the hell did he get his service weapon back? And now this has caused these uh, incidents I'm about to break down to you guys or share with you guys right now. So we fast forward to March 3rd, of 2003. March 3rd, 2003, Amira shows up at the precinct to file a harassment suit against Officer Riaz. Now, at the time, Officer Riaz was on duty. So they had to contact him and tell him to come to the police precinct because 
he's having to turn in his weapon again because he's got another harassment suit and possible domestic violence incident again. So he has to turn in his weapon and once again be fired. Now, from the lawyer that I spoke with, whose name I won't share with you guys, he explained to me that one of Officer Reyes's uh, co-workers at the police station called him and said, hey, you might want to get down here. Your girlfriend is filing a restraining order against you. And that's how he showed up at the police precinct, not because he was called there. It's because someone alerted him to the fact that Soberro was there filing a restraining order against him. So at the same time that she's done filing her restraining order, Officer Reyes is being talked to about turning in his weapon. So two officers at this time starts to escort Soberro out of the building. So as they're escorting her out of the building, and once they get into the police, they put her in the back of the police car and they get in the front seat. Officer Reyes charges out of the building. A couple of officers try to stop him, tell him to stop, but it's too late. He runs out of the building. He opens up the, the uh, he opens up the back door of the police vehicle and shoots Almira four times. It says three times when you do the if you was to want to do the research, but if she shot her four times is what the is what I was told by her defense um, team. He shot her four times, and then after he shot her four times, before those two officers can get out to restrain him, he turned the gun on himself and shot himself in the head. Immediately, things are out of control. They rush Elmira to Jersey City Medical Center, where she is put in critical condition. Of course, due to the self-inflicted gunshot wound, Officer Reyes dies on the scene. So, March 5th was Officer Reyes's birthday. That's today. March 5th, just so happened, I'm doing this podcast on what would have been his 64th birthday. This is when the news breaks and hits, uh, basically, if you want to say hits its peak, where everyone finds out about the story and about what happened. And at this time, Soberul is still in critical condition at Trinity City Medical Center. However, on March 9th of 2003, she finally succumbed to her wounds and she died on March 9th of 2003. The things that I'm showing you guys and I showed you guys on the screen comes from that wrongful death suit, a case that started in 2006, which the Raya, which the uh, Subaru family won. Um, I was told by her defense team, there were lots of, questions about Officer Reyes's psychological state of mind. And there were lots of questions about the psychologist he went to go see and why was he given his job back so quickly. Now, if you look at the time period I gave you from, uh, from October 15th until August 3rd, yes, that's, that's a great time period. But 
excuse me, from October 15th to December. You know, this is this whole time this is going on before he was given his job back in December. He was given the job back in December. Um, but all of this stuff had to take place before he was given his job back. Of course, he had to be suspended. He had to speak with people in eternal affairs. He had to go see a psychologist. All of these things had to take place before they say, hey, you're giving your job back. Here you go. So um, they wind up, the family wind up getting paid $400,000 for the wrongful death suit. They were seeking more, but they had to determine what do you put as a price on someone's life to give to their children? So they determined that uh, what would have been something this mother would have given to her children and how much would that have been from the time she passed on to the time this case was settled. Um, so that's where the $400,000 came from. But crazy incident, crazy situation to say the least, guys. Very crazy. I'm going to leave a link to... Uh, a short story if you guys want to read up on this. Um, right now on your screen, I am showing you the Jersey City West Precinct. It had it's moved now. This is not where the incident took place. What you're looking at is not where the incident took place. This is actually down the street from where the old precinct used to be. And as you see the camera moving or whenever it starts to move and it's going up the street, by the time we reach this building and you see the building in front of you, that building that's in front of you is the building that this incident took place at. That used to be the Jersey City West District precinct where this all took place. That's the building where it took place at. Um, right in front of that door. Where, where you're seeing is where uh, Elmira probably was getting into the police car right there. And he ran out the door that you guys see and opened up the door and fired and, and killed himself right there in front of the door. So as you guys can see, this is a really busy area in Jersey City. This area looked like this, like you're seeing it all the time. It always looked like this. So there were a lot of people outside. I'm from Jersey City, by the way. I come from Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, so at that time, and that, that that area right there is Communipal and Jackson Avenue. It was actually Communipal and Martin Luther King, but we call it Jackson Avenue. So that area is always full of people where this took place at. So I'm sure when that happened, there were lots of people around, lots of witnesses you know, and lots of people who probably need some type of therapy uh, themselves or needed some type of therapy themselves. But was it was it purposely that I did this did this case around the time that it happened? It wasn't. I when I re went to read back re when I went back to read the uh, case description, I know, oh, man, March 3rd, you know, as I read it. And I'm like, when I do the podcast, it'll be Officer Riaz's birthday, you know. Um, but in all, in all, uh, rest in peace to Officer Riaz. Um, rest in peace to Miss Soberall. I mean, really crazy incident, guys. Why am I doing these? And I'm going to do more of these. This is actually going to be a season of um, trials on murder 
and murder suicides that have taken place. I'm going to do 10 episodes. So this is episode one for you guys. And I'm going to do 10 of these. So uh, to let you guys know, well, why am I doing these? Why am I bringing stories like this to the forefront? Guys, right now, right now, there's someone out there being abused by their boyfriend. There's someone out there being abused by their husband. There's someone out there being abused by their wife. And there's someone out there being abused by their girlfriend. Before incidents like this turn deadly, they need more attention. So right now, I'm asking you guys, share this podcast. Share this YouTube video. Stories like this need more attention because people are in situations that are going to possibly take their life. This lady went to the precinct and filed a restraining order. That shit enough for her to end the relationship and for the police to say we may need to look further into this. She had to show up and file another restraining order some months later just to be killed because he didn't want to let the relationship go. There are people who have attachment issues, guys. They don't know how to let someone go or let a relationship go without violence. And if this person shows you that they are violent when you're trying to end a relationship, I'm going to mention this in every one of these episodes. Find a safe place to break things off. Call someone over. You, I don't want to involve people in my relationship. No, forget all of that. Call someone over when you are about to end the relationship. When things are getting dicey and things are getting out of control, call someone. If you can't call someone and things get really, really out of control and you're in the fight of your life now, if you reach that point, scream as loud as you can, yell as loud as you can, try your best to get away from the, uh, the, the perpetrator Try to do everything you can do. Guys, something in the beginning, something somewhere gave you a sign that this would come to come to pass. If you see any signs, any red flags that this person is very aggressive and will present any type of negative behavior upon you ending a relationship with them, you have to end things in a safe place. And you have to end them immediately. Don't, don't let the narcissist talk you back into the relationship. Don't let their, their sex that they may give you be the determining factor. Don't let the money they may give you be the determining factor. Don't let those things pull you back into a situation that may end your life. If you need to end a relationship at a precinct, in front of the police. But you see, this happened in front of the cops. But he just so happened to be a cop. And if he is an officer and you want to end things, don't end it at his precinct. Because apparently, through what I told you guys, if one of those officers inside of there contacted him to let him know she's putting out a restraining order, that's the bullshit. Which means they're trying to be on his side. So don't go to his precinct. 
to file your restraining order. Go to another one if you can. And guys, again, I want to share that uh, that that physical abuse number with you guys. I shared it before. I'm going to probably just go ahead and put it up here for you guys um, on the screen. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and look for it right now, guys, as you see me looking through my phone. Excuse me. Uh, pardon me. I'm going to look up that number for you guys. Again, the National Domestic Violence Abuse Hotline number is 1-800, excuse me for that glare, guys, 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. Call there and let them know what's going on. End it immediately. If you have to call this number, you should be ending your relationship for good. Don't be pulled back in. Narcissists have a great way of convincing people that they're not narcissistic and that they're not crazy or insane. Oh, it's not your fault. I had a moment. I get mad sometimes. You know, I love you. You know, take you out on a good dinner, buy you flowers buy you chocolate candy, you know, give you a massage, take you to the masseuse. Now they have any switching and flipping behaviors, but you have to understand that that one behavior they just showed you was one that was enough for you to you to you that you should want to end the relationship immediately. Forget all of the blase blah and the great things and the beautiful things. Forget all of that. They setting scenes up for you like you see in my background right here. Oh, got the fireplace going, punking on top of the thing, and it's beautiful. Forget all of that. Don't let that trick you into a situation that's going to get you killed. Unfortunately, this, this ended in a bad way. There's, also, there's, always, there's always the warning signs, guys, and, and you tend to not pay them no attention, especially when you first meet someone. You know, they get, they may give you they may give you an idea of who they are through the smallest thing that they say in the beginning. The smallest thing. You just got to look for it. Share this podcast, guys. Share this YouTube video. I want to thank all you guys who subscribe to the channel, who all you guys who download the episodes. I want to thank all of you. This is just one story. I got nine more that I got to research, that I, gotta, that I gotta look up. And a lot of times when I get the information for these stories, guys, I'm gonna try to find the people who are involved. It should be respected that I don't try to get all of this information based off my understanding. I go search out the people who were involved. I spoke to the lawyer that did the, the wrong, wrongful death suit for the Soberu family. I do this so that I bring you guys the best understanding that I can without taking up so much time. And I hope that this makes sense to someone. And if you know someone that's in a situation that they're trying to get out of, show them this video. 
Tell them to reach out to that hotline. Once again, if you guys are going to break up, I really recommend, truly recommend you break up with someone at a precinct. I don't know. That's going to be something that's really ridiculous. A lot of people go, oh, yeah, F12 and all this other different things. Yeah, whatever. But it's probably the safest place for you to break up with someone. Don't do it over the phone because they'll just come to your house. They know where you live at. Or if you're going to do it over the phone, do it somewhere that's not your home. Then you may want to stay with a family member or stay with a friend for about a couple of weeks. Because the person in the previous story that you guys uh, saw me do, if you guys want to go back and check that out, I'll leave uh, on this YouTube video right now, you should see right above you. You should see the, um, I forgot what they call it, the card for that episode right now. I'm showing it above you. For you guys on the podcast, it's the previous podcast that I just done about the officer who killed his girlfriend. He showed up at her house after she ended the relationship. So someone would say, well, if I end it, I'm still being put in harm's way. No, there's steps you have to go through to make sure that you're safe. And if you have to stay with this family member or stay with someone for some months, just until things die down, do that. And if you notice that this person is coming to your house or they show up at your house, don't open the door, regardless of what they say. Get yourself some protection. If you can protect yourself, in most states, you can protect yourself in your own house. In most states, you can go take a class where you can get yourself a weapon. If you're in a state where you can't have a weapon inside of your home, get with some of your neighbors, get with some, some people around you to look out for the person. Um, shoot, let's go as far as putting the person's face <laughs> On something, I mean, not to laugh about it, but whatever it takes for you to protect yourself, you're going to have to do. I hope this podcast made sense, guys. I hope this episode made sense to you. I hope something I'm saying today will change what someone does in their relationship going forward. I hope that will do that. Once again, rest in peace to Mr. Riaz. Rest in peace. To Miss Sobral. Guys, seek out some help. If you're the person, before I end this, if you're the person who, who you are the aggressor and you're watching this, you need to seek help. You need to find counsel who can help you reach a better place in life. So you need to go until you feel as though you can move on. There's so many other people out there you can be with. So many other people out there who you can share your love with and your newfound love with or the newfound you. But if you find yourself, don't go back to the person you abused because there's too much psychological things there that will cause things to just ramp back up 
and may put you back in a state you don't want to be in. Seek help, abuser. Find help, abusee. Hopes this makes sense to you guys once again. So, call the number. Break up in a safe place. Get protection if possible. And do what you do or do you what you can do to protect yourself against further violence. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.